was the Son of Man, an extraterrestrial. By definition, Jesus comes from heaven. So, where is heaven then? Greetings, mortals. I'm your host, Simon. Welcome back to the Library of Gnosis. Jesus continued, You are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. John 8:23. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 6:38. Not from this world, came down from heaven. This needs further research. The ancient Sumerians spoke of beings that came down from heaven to earth. They called them the Anunnaki. So, let us take a look at the etymology of the word Anunnaki. It means those from heaven. Anu to earth, ki came. So, if we just go off the Sumerian etymology, then, yes, Jesus was an Anunnaki, one from heaven to earth came. But that's not what you came here for. According to the Sumerian accounts of the creation of man, the Anunnaki came to earth and created man in their image, infusing our hominid ancestors with their genetics. Then Elohim said, let us make humans in our image, in our likeness. Let them rule the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the domesticated animals all over the earth, and all the animals that crawl on the earth. So Elohim created humans in his image, in the image of Elohim, he created them. He created them male and female. Genesis 1 26 28. Now, that is the original Hebrew verse from Scripture. Elohim has commonly been translated to God in our modern Bibles. But like I mentioned before, that is a mistranslation. The Hebrew word Elohim is a plural word, meaning gods, not God. To extrapolate on this, you will first need to accept this mere account of the creation of man as a first premise. If you can't, then just humor me from the time being, right? So, the plot thickens. If the Elohim or Anunnaki created the human form and Jesus was a human, well, what does that imply? That would imply that we are all basically poor extraterrestrial, including Jesus. 
Although Jesus was not his real name, since there is no J in Hebrew. His Hebrew name was Jeshua, but I will continue to refer to him as Jesus for simplicity's sake. Jesus knew he was human, yet when he said, I am not of this world, I don't think he only meant that he was not from earth, but also the material world the rest of us are born into. What Jesus is saying here is that he was born in heaven or the higher realms, not tainted by this material world on birth. The Anunnaki are claimed to have arrived here from heaven. I think we are yet again looking at a double meaning. Now here is where we start getting into the theoretical. From my understanding of the Sumerian accounts, the Anunnaki are dimensional beings, meaning they can travel between the veils that separates the higher and lower dimensions. Jesus then would have come into this three-dimensional world by choice from heaven, choosing to incarnate here. At birth, he, as the ego, would not have known this quite exactly, but through a series of revelations as he grew up, he would have discovered his origin and purpose here. Scripture tells us he had to rediscover himself. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Luke 2.40 The Sumerian stone carvings of the Anunnaki we have uncovered depict them looking like humans with wings. If we cross-reference this with the Bible, what humanoids are described as having wings? The seraphim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, their faces one to another. Towards the mercy seat shall the faces of the seraphim be. Exodus 25 20. So why exactly are the Anunnaki and the angels of scripture depicted the same way? Might they have been the same creature, just viewed from different perspectives? The early accounts of the Greek gods and their guards were also depicted with wings, which amongst other historical accounts lead me to believe that they are portraying the same entities. We will get more in depth into this at a later time. The topic itself is so complex, it deserves a uh, broadcast of its own. But for now, these are the basics needed for my arguments. Now, Jesus was an angel. One incarnated into human form. The root word angel comes from the Greek word angelos, 
meaning messenger of God. And Jesus claimed to be the word of God. So, this seems like an undeniable fact. So, if the Anunnaki were angels, and vice versa, it is not too far of a stretch to call Jesus an Anunnaki, one from heaven to earth came. What does Jesus have in common with the Anunnaki, except for the proclamation that he came from heaven? For this we will need to look into these ancient texts and compare the abilities both supposedly had. If we accept the reality that the Greek and Sumerian pantheon are describing the same type of beings, well, things get really interesting. So if you've ever read, even on a superficial level, the Greek tales of their gods, you will find that some of them, if not all, could shapeshift. This is also true for the Norse gods, but that is a story for another day. Now, Zeus mostly did is to have sex with mortals or, well, animals. He uh, really liked his copulation, apparently. Either way, the fact remains, the gods could shapeshift. But what does this have to do with Jesus, you might ask? A newly deciphered Egyptian text, dating back almost 1200 years, by Rolef van Duburek of Utrecht University in the Netherlands, and published in the book Pseudo-Cyrillic of Jerusalem on the life and the passion of Christ, a Coptic acrophon. Written in the Coptic language, the ancient text tells of Ponitius Pilati, the judge who authorized Jesus' crucifixion. Having dinner with Jesus before his crucifixion and offering to sacrifice his own son in the place of Jesus. It also explains what Judas used to kiss specifically to betray Jesus. Because Jesus had the ability to shapeshift according to the texts. Then the Jews said to Judas, how shall we arrest him, Jesus? For he does not have a single shape, but his appearance changes. Sometimes he is ruddy, sometimes he is white, sometimes he is red, sometimes he is wheat-colored, sometimes he is pallid like ascetics, sometimes he is a Jew. Sometimes an old man. In the second treatise of Great Theth, a writing discovered in the Codex 12 of the Nag Hammadi 
codices and dates to around the 3rd century. It also speaks of Jesus being a shapeshifter. The treatise of Great Seth is written from a first-person perspective of Jesus. Very uncommon for scripture. From the translation by Roger A. Bullard and Joseph A. Gibbons. For my death, which they think happened, happened to them in their error and blindness, since they nailed their man unto their death. It was another, their father, who drank the gal and the vinegar. It was not I. They struck me with the reed. It was another, Simon, who bore the cross on his shoulder. It was another upon whom they placed the crown of thorns. I was laughing at their ignorance. Jesus asked the narrator. At the beginning of the book, Jesus states, I visited a bodily dwelling. I cast out the one who was in it previously, and I went in. This statement seems to indicate that Jesus inhabited a human body that had previously belonged to someone else, which meant the body was not his own. Some Gnostics believe that Jesus was not a man, but a ascetic spirit and therefore could not die. Some followers of the asceticism held that Jesus was a man in the flesh, but Christ was a separate entity who entered Jesus' body in the form of a dove at his baptism, empowered him to perform miracles, and abandoned him upon his death on the cross. He appeared on earth as a man and performed miracles. Thus, he himself did not suffer. Rather, a certain Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry his cross for him. It was he who was ignorantly and erroneously crucified being transfigured by him, so that he might be thought to be Jesus. Moreover, Jesus assumed the form of Simon, and stood by, laughing at them. Arrhenius against heresies. Now, obviously you can't believe everything you read. But it sure is an interesting ancient perspective. And it does explain why Judas used a kiss to identify Jesus. The kiss of death. This account of Jesus' betrayal would then match out well
with my hypothesis that Jesus, what was the Sumerians called, an Anunnaki, but one that actually suffered as we did, he became mortal for our sake. Jesus was claimed to be born of a virgin, supposedly by, quote, the power of the Holy Spirit. To me, this sounds like artificial insemination from above. This has commonly been reported as a part of the alien abduction phenomena where women have reported abduction experiences to them mysteriously end up pregnant with the child disappearing after the third semester without any signs of miscarriage. Now bear in mind that some of the women reporting this phenomenon have been lifelong lesbians. Whatever the truth might be, I hope I have given you a lot to consider. We might never truly know the answers to these questions. Thank you for listening. See you next time, mortal. Remember to hit that bell button to stay notified. Subscribe for more. Give it a like if you enjoyed it, and please feel free to share it. If you want to support my work, you can find me on Patreon at Library of Gnosis. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and BitChute at Library of Gnosis. The audio versions of my broadcasts are available on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast at Library of Gnosis. Music is produced by Coda from coded.music